Welcome to Mysterious Goings On, the podcast about creativity, writing, and mystery. Every week, we talk about all kinds of great fiction and meet the people who write it. We also feature explorations about creativity in all walks of life. Your host, Alex Greenwood, will join you right after this. This is Maddie Dalrymple, the author of the Anne Kinnear Suspense Novels and Suspense Shorts, and you're listening to Mysterious Goings On. You know, I often tell myself, Alex, compose yourself. Well, it's it's fortunate <laughs> for me that I need to compose myself, and I have an actual film and television composer right here on the show. She's also really great at marketing. We're so excited to talk to Priyanka Lulawani t- today because she's going to talk to us about all of these things here at Mysterious Goings On. Priyanka, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It is my pleasure. Okay, I've got to say it. You're one of my first. Here we go. We've been doing this show since 2016. You are the first Bollywood film music composer we've ever had on the show. How does one get to be the composer of music for a Bollywood film? That's a really amazing question. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And what a great way to start. Um, I think it's all about knowing emotions and trying to amplify emotions in films. Bollywood produces the highest number of films. And being from India... You know, I'm born and brought up watching Bollywood films. And uh, the best way to that I got through it is through my network and through referrals. It, just, it did take me some time to get into it, but I'm so glad I'm here because it gives me an opportunity to speak to you and be here today. Uh, that's lovely. So just so if you're a listener and you're you're saying, I don't know what Bollywood is, it's, it's basically now, now Priyanka, well, Correct me if I'm wrong. It's Hindi cinema, right? And what they've done, it's a portmanteau, the word Bollywood. It's because it, I believe it used to be called Bombay cinema. And so it's the Indian Hindi language film industry based in Mumbai, which is formerly Bombay. So the, words, uh, the word is a portmanteau of Bombay and Hollywood. Did I get that right? Yes, yes, that's correct. That's absolutely correct. And uh, hats off to your research for that. Bollywood films are mostly from India and a lot of them are produced in Mumbai. But uh, now the times are changing a little bit and uh, we have films in over 27 languages. Good, right. Um, That's incredible. That's phenomenal. And in a year, in every year, Bollywood produces over 1800 films in different languages in about 27 languages. It's not just from Bombay now, it's from you know, different parts of the uh, country. So it's really evolved and it's really grown over time. And with uh, streaming services, there's just, you know, it's just beginning to grow even further. Mm-hmm. I have watched some some Bollywood films and I've always been impressed by, um, now, now, and by the way, I'm not trying to put all these films into one box, okay? But the ones I've seen, okay, if we can just accept that and, and understand that I've only seen a couple and that the rest of this is a vast uh, signature of my ignorance that I haven't seen so many more than a couple. But but I've always been impressed by the, there's this wonderful scope to these films, you know, and there's this energy to these films that it's, it's, it's an intoxicating medium. Absolutely, absolutely. I think you hit it, you know, uh, you, you, you hit it right there. They are really colorful, exuberant, sort of like celebration of life. Yeah. Uh, really, yeah. So I think, yeah, I think you've nailed it right there. As a composer, are you, 
when you compose music for the film, are you composing all the music, like, in, or is it just incidental music in between, you know, uh, big numbers? Or what are we talking about here? It totally depends on the filmmaker. In this case, I did compose the music for the entire film. Mm. And that means the score, the background score, as well as the trailer music, the music for promotions, the music, like, uh, if, like, if you've seen Bollywood films, there's a lot of song and dance, that kind of music. Yeah, pretty much the whole film, whatever music you hear, uh, I've composed it. Yeah. Is there, is there a primary instrument that you compose on for the Bollywood films? Yeah, yeah. So I have composed a lot. A lot of it is electronic, but I've also used samples of flute and drums and mm-hmm. uh, harmonium and uh, different kind of sounds uh, for for the music. So it's it, it's 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 really pop kind of pop Indian music music that makes you dance, music that makes you feel excited. And yes. I think that's really also so important for this time that we are in. Uh, oh, yes. We really want to feel happy. We want to feel, you know, like a celebration of life right now, no matter what is happening. Feel positive and uh, feel like, you know, you know, this day will also pass and we'll uh, get to see tomorrow, which will be a much more brighter, better day. I agree with you so much. It, and, that's, I, and I totally agree on all counts. You know, we do need this. We need, there is such uplift in Bollywood films. There are these wonderful uh, microcosms of joy, and storytelling uh, in each film. It's lovely. I would like to ask you just one more question about the, the composition and all that is, I did some reading that maybe some of the producers released the film soundtrack like on a CD or something before the film's released, kind of hoping the music will, will get the audiences interested in, in seeing the film. And that sometimes the soundtrack can even be more popular than the film. Is, is, that, uh, is that a case you've experienced? That is true for some films. And uh, in my case, uh, we are just, uh, yours is the first podcast I'm appearing on after the, after finishing the post-production. So uh, mm-hmm. we're literally like, you know, right now just starting with the promotions and everything. That is, it's, it's a very interesting thing that, you know, I'd like to share, you know, starting with what you, like you're inspiring me to share this. In Western music, the uh, in Western films, the music is sort of in the background. It may right. not draw people to the, theaters but in Bollywood music or in you know in films from India the music majorly draws people into the theaters that is one of the top like 50 60 percent of the reasons why people want to go ahead and watch films and they that's one of the main the music really draws people to the theaters and get excited about the film and about the story and you know have this experience with the family with their loved ones uh, with their friends so uh yeah so uh, but i didn't exp- i haven't experienced it till now but the music has been uh, appreciated really well uh, on amazon prime till now in the early you know inner circle sharings that we've done so uh, so that's where it is right now mm-hmm. well the film is called the strange guest and folks i know you're all thinking i gotta hear this stuff and guess what i've got a youtube link that's going to be in the show notes at mgo pod Dot com. That's mgopod.com. Just check the link in the show notes and you can go get a taste of uh, Priyanka's score and uh, a little bit more about The Strange Guest. I, uh, I'm i so excited about this and uh, 
I think it's um, it's kind of fun for me because, you know, all joking aside at the beginning, you know, how we, oh, we've had tons of Bollywood producers and film composers, but I, it's it's always been something that has interested me since I first saw it years ago, uh, the Bollywood film. And forgive me, I don't remember the name of the film, but I just remember I felt great after I watched it. It was fun, you know. But when you got a hold of me, I was like, yes, definitely. This is someone <laughs> I want to speak to. This is so great. Because, you know, I spoke virtually at a conference in India. My day job, I'm a public relations and marketing guy, kind of like you're a marketing person too, part of your work. And um, I spoke at this marketing conference. It was LinkJoy. And I just so enjoyed, you know, prior to the conference, my interactions with people from your country and interacting with people who set that up. And then then people from all over the world who also spoke. There was a gentleman from Nigeria. There were gentlemen from France and a lady from Japan. It was just a really great experience. But I just, I guess, wanted to say to that is just that, Priyanka, that I felt felt uplift having worked with those folks too not just going to a film and feeling uplift but i felt uplift from working with indian people wonderful that's so amazing to hear that's amazing yeah glad glad you had this experience it does have this feeling of you know uh living with uh like having so many people around you seeing the colors during the festivals and the music it really is a different experience in terms of the emotions and uh, right now I'm in uh, San Francisco and I've been here for over 10 years and I do, you know, miss that sometimes. Uh, and that's a huge sort of, you know, an eat, pray, love experience. Um, mm. uh, and I'm so glad you had that really amazing. I, of course, I'm a big encourager of travel anyway. Of course, right now it's more, more and more difficult with, with uh, raging. Uh, pandemic but but eventually when things do settle down i encourage everyone to travel and uh india is definitely on my list but moving on though from beyond the fact that you're a composer of note with the strange guest and i'm sure you'll be doing a lot more after this one you also have some thoughts on marketing tips during said pandemic um, and in the next decade from your perch in silicon valley any thoughts on that for the listeners Absolutely. I think we are at pivotal point uh, in terms of marketing. If you look at the audience, you know, it's a it's a very different stage that they are in. There is a lot of polarity in terms of what their preferences are. If you are into any kind of products or services or, you know, any kind of creative writing, it's really important to see where that is going and sort of it's sort of like a moving target. So Kauru really pinned down and, you know, talk to people more often than ever before in terms of what their emotions are, what they are feeling, uh, what they like, what they don't like, and sort of update your personas and update your audience preferences. In terms of marketing, you will see a lot of change towards moving online, towards accepting what you hear. And, you know, just being okay with even... You know, there is a lot of polarity in people's uh, minds. So, you know, as a producer or as a composer, you know, being okay with those kind of polarities and, you know, moving on from there. So it's it's a great learning. It's a great time to be, you know, be a be a student right now. Mm -hmm. It, it makes sense. And, you know, we do have a lot of our listeners are writers who are looking to market their work. And, you know, it's it's a strange thing here for uh, the strange dichotomy, Priyanka, because uh, when we were all in lockdown in the United States and, of course, you said you've been here 10 years. And so you were you experienced lockdown and you're in San Francisco, which I, I know is very, very on top of it compared to a lot of states. I'm in Missouri, which is not on top of it, which is why we have just about more cases per capita than any other state at this point. But the point uh, I'm trying to make is that 
I thought at the beginning of lockdown, I thought, well, cap, you know, we've got captive audience. People are going to want to read. This is a good time to promote. This is a good time to try to get people to read my series. But, but I, I think it was a little disappointing to a lot of folks who thought that people would read more books. But I think Netflix kind of stole a lot of thunder. Any thoughts on lockdown and trying to market yourself in general? Let's say if you let's just talk to the writers listening out there. Any general thoughts on that for them? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I recently did a, a webinar on this also about the trends in marketing. And, you know, I would like to share one really main important point over here. Previously, uh, we as creatives, you know, we used to market based on where the money flows. So mm-hmm. no matter so if you're a, uh, whether you're a producer, writer, uh, into PR, into products and services, into startups, we would look at the revenues, what will bring us revenues and uh, see where the money flows and sort of create something in that direction. But during the pandemic and even post pandemic, it's really important to look at the emotions. It's right now, your the, the audience is at the survival mode. They are, they are looking at, uh, at things that are really, really important at that stage of their life and so so there's a huge shift in mindset from so you're going away from the revenue mindset to the emotional mindset to the of the audience so i think that's the uh, one of the biggest changes that we have seen in terms of marketing and pr in silicon valley including in startups like startups getting funding also Mm -hmm. if you take a look at them most of them are you know, into meditation or into like mindfulness or into audio technology related to that. So there's a huge shift towards the emotional aspect of it. So I think to your viewers, I would say, you know, uh, look at the, if you just, if you literally want to, if you want to make it like to be the most simple, you can literally Google search where the money flows in your industry at one Hmm. hand. And on the other hand, also look at uh, what are the emotional values what are the emotional beliefs of your audience during the pandemic and you know post pandemic and i just wanted to share you one small one more small update which is sure. uh, we will see people you know hopefully the pandemic gets over quickly and you know we get back to our normals normal lives so we will see like an uptick in people you know going back to their to our you know older happier uh, you know, meeting our friends and that life. But uh, most of the world has become a- accustomed to, you know, going on Zoom, being available online and, you know, working in our PJs. So that's going to be a part of our culture after, uh, after a few years. So I do see like a dip in terms of, you know, people coming online after the pandemic is over. But after that, there will be an, a, a huge uptick in terms of uh, like listeners and viewers ready to, you know, uh, be a part of this new economy, you know, being online, being available, being more uh, active online than before. One thing that I know you're active in with your services you offer clients is uh, trying to identify the personas of your customer. And I wonder that a lot of uh, particularly self-published or small press writers uh, don't really fully understand who they're trying to sell their book to. Is that a fair statement? And if so, what would you do to help? I think marketing and marketing is uh, an important thing for every uh, creative person and uh, yes you're correct people don't invest uh, significantly in that direction Uh, some people do but uh, it requires uh, it's a different beast altogether and 
personas really, really help you identify your storytelling. I mean, it helps you in every aspect of your writing. So my suggestion to, my humble opinion to creative people would be to start there, if, to start literally thinking about your personas while you're writing. You don't, you know, that's 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 sweet spot where you can really hone on to your audience and know who they are, what their beliefs are, uh, what are their emotions, uh, how are they connected to you, you know, how you uh, sort of, uh, how the outcome that you offer, you know, gives them a personal sense of relief or it, you know, gives them uh, the joy that you want them to have through your writing. So, so I think personas are really important and I'm not, I'm not saying it because I'm into that but because <laughs> you really it'll help you in your writing and try to introduce that in the beginning of your writing when you're you know writing your creative when you're into your creative projects when you're talking to your friends it, it'll uh, I think it's it'll really help you in uh, developing your products I've worked with people who have used personas and have started with one film and now they are working on a series of films like a Netflix series Mm -hmm. uh, same with authors they started with one uh, book their first book their debut book but once they figured out their persona they were able to sort of you know imagine the world of books that they would write uh, so I think that's the difference that I've seen uh, in writers who know their personas and who don't know their persona kind of meeting the reader where they are and finding out who your audience is and if it's more uh, women than men reading your stuff or or there's more women than men out there look for, for stuff in your genre, let's say, I mean, there, it's always been known that romance has been mostly women who read that, but I think mystery thrillers have really, really become um, the domain of the female reader as well. But I don't know that because I haven't done enough research. I haven't worked with someone like you. Absolutely. I think uh, in terms of the readers, it's very important to know where they're coming from, who they are, what their journey has been, what sort of age segment you are looking at definitely in terms of suspense you know you'll have a huge audience you'll and you can see it from you know the popular programs on netflix so i think a great way to start is you know to look at the to sort of look at uh, get inspiration from uh, series or you know movies or programs which are similar to you and look at their audiences look at their feedback on twitter on you know social media other places but it's also the location of your audiences where they are as well as the psychological part of it so the demographic the geographic and the psychographic information i think these three are the key segments that you need to know about your audience and more than the demographic part of it i think what is really interesting right now during the pandemic is the psychographic part of it uh, so that's one suggestion that i would uh, you know make to the creative awesome people uh, on your podcast and your listeners out there yeah pardon the word but it's not sexy when you're writing your novel to think about you know how will this be marketed you know you just want to be creative and get it out there on the paper and write this great story and and then but uh, but i think you're you're wise to suggest while you're writing it to be thinking about this i mean if you're just writing for not just but if you're writing for the pleasure of writing and you don't have expectations of reaching a wide market and selling a lot of books then do what you want right but if you're looking to market yourself which 
I asked myself 15 years later, was I serious about trying to market myself? I don't know. But the point being, um, if you are, you should think about that when you're creating your books. I've, I've interviewed several authors. I won't drop name drop today, but a couple of them said to me, you know, I started some series with some characters and situations I dearly love, got a couple of books in, they didn't sell. So I had to abandon them. I had to move on and try something else. So think what you're saying there Priyanka is very helpful I had just one kind of closing question as we as we're starting to wrap up here I know you're very busy but I wanted to ask you as a female person of color working uh, during the pandemic have you experienced any issues or challenges that that people maybe wouldn't understand if they weren't in your shoes oh my god I don't know where to start <laughs> <laughs> how did I know how did I know that anyway please start <laughs> I think you're the mind reader <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, for the film, we had so many issues. Uh, I think the biggest one was, and uh, also, you know, we do understand that. We do get that. So, you know, I totally empathize with my team and with, you know, everybody who's been on the film. A huge part of our post-production team uh, was in Mumbai, was in San Francisco, and they went back to their villages. To be, they went back to their homes and their, to live with their families because this was totally, you know, unforeseen. It was really difficult for them to sort of figure out, you know, what's going to happen. So uh, we did, you know, lose a lot of our time during that time. We also uh, were in this phase of uncertainty. You know, we are consoling one another, but we don't know, you know, what's going to happen next uh, in terms of, you know, having typically a, a film will, you know, bring all the cast and the crew together it's like a team you know it's not like just you uh, making the music but it's you know working with a team you know being all together that's really important for a project like this so that's something that didn't happen so you know we really missed all those aspects of hum human life in this uh, project and literally like after December when after the last December we froze I mean we just didn't know what to do you know it was like a moment of you know where we all sort of had conversations but we just didn't know what to what to expect uh, of the near near future and when this is going to end and you know have those healthy discussions as peers as friends as uh, colleagues so a lot a lot of it has uh, yeah there's really uh, I mean it's again it's I am like I'm, I'm like our listeners, I'm I'm also at the stage of survival right now where, you know, we don't know what is going to happen when this is going to end, but we just try to be brave and we try to be courageous and we give each other that dose of courage and that uh, positivity and that inspiration and just, you know, be with them and just, you know, be available, uh, you know, be ready to talk to them whenever uh, they want and, you know, be helpful to one another. So, yeah, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. But is there also, when you're trying to do business in the United States, trying to do your film work there here, is there a hurdle for that because of a cultural difference? Or are the people you're working with here in the States pretty accepting and understanding of that? Or is it is it still kind of a, uh, a challenge for you? It is a big challenge because socially we are more conditioned to uh, meet in person than meet online. Ah. Uh, so that is a huge hurdle. Uh, so, so, so I think that is and, and mindset, a uh, mindset change. You know, it doesn't happen overnight. And to give you a perspective of that, like when I was in India, I used to meet about uh, you know four hundred to five hundred people per week, like in meetups and you know events and 
family gatherings, you know, social networking and all that. And here in the United States, it's much more the, the social the, 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 the social meetups are much more lesser than what we have in Asian countries. So that's that's also another big difference. Like, you know, you're more isolated, whereas in India, you're much more, you know, surrounded by people who look like you and who, you know, do yeah. awesome things like you do. So there's a huge difference in terms of like the mindset of the, and then, you know, the, the way society operates, the way the economy operates, the way money flows in your industry. So there's a huge difference in both the industries. It's just um, very little common to begin with. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I suspected that. And I was just curious because, you know, cultural hurdles, I think, tend to become even lar- taller hurdles to jump in a situation of a national emergency, which we're all basically in. I think people tend to uh, become insular in an, in an emergency situation, take care of their own. And as you said, you're not in a situation where everybody looks like you and not everybody thinks the way, you know, culturally the way you do without expectation. So that's got to be uh, frustrating, challenging and isolating for you is what I was thinking. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but we have to uh, move on. You know, we have to look at it from the positive side. So it's new. It's never happened before. But uh, there's also acceptability amongst people about, you know, how to take it forward. So that's 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 really positive like in terms of statistics this was supposed to happen about 8 to 10 years from now so there are a lot of there's a lot of research which has happened uh, about uh, this kind of developing countries moving online and you know being more accepting with streaming services and it they had sort of pegged it you know in the next 8 to 10 years when that was supposed to happen but it just happened too early so people are you know still catching on with it and uh, trying to you know uh, work around it. So yeah, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. I would uh, ask you a more broad question as we do close out here. Sadly, I would, but I want to ask you this question. There's one more after this, but this is the big broad question here. Okay, I'd love to know just if you can encapsulate this briefly. Just your your creative approach. Are you someone who there's some people I think I, I'll put it to you in my own way what I do. Okay. When I'm going to write a book, I I get an idea for a book and I'm like, okay, I don't outline the book or anything like that, but I have some general ideas where it's going to go. Right. And then I tell myself, Alex, sit down in a seat, put your fingers on the keyboard and write. That's how I create. And then I, I compose at the keyboard there, so to speak. And then things happen there. And then the process of, you know, writing and editing and writing and editing, that's where my creativity flows. And then if I take a long walk, occasionally something pops into my subconscious and I use that curious if, you have any kind of a process like that for composing? Um, I do. So in my case, I think I get inspiration. I try to find some kind of inspiration from nature, from uh, my previous work or from relationships or from conversations with friends. And I'm constantly making notes about it in my diary. And that sort of, you know, kickstarts the process yeah, on my piano I'm just doodling with uh, ideas, with, you know, riffs and uh, seeing if there's any anything interesting. I just leave it for some time. And if I still remember it, then I continue to work on it. If I sort of remember it while, you know, uh, doing some work and if I'm able to hum it again, that's a sort of testimony for me to, to know that this is, you know, something good to uh, carry forward. So uh, that's there. But uh, I, I think for... I think the process is really interesting, right? It's, 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 I think you get, I think I've found inspiration in so many weird places also, 
<laughs> Get weird. I want to hear the weird stuff. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, just, you know, we are overhearing conversations in, in your planes and in uh, while traveling or, you know, while just, you know, you're in your bath or in your Caltrain or, uh, you know, <laughs> so, <it's>, <laughs> <laughs> so inspiration can come from pretty much everywhere. And uh, I just sort of, you know, I'm so grateful for that, you know, to be, I try to be a really good listener and sort of, you know, also empathize with the audience, trying to know what the emotions are, what they're trying to feel, being more available to, you know, friends and family and just, you know, hopping on a call with people uh, on a monthly basis has really, really worked uh, well for me. So, so, so I think those are some of the ways that I uh, sort of find inspiration. The process definitely uh, will change every time, but uh, I think that's pretty much been the common way that I start making music and then the and then moving forward it's always you know having some sort of validation where I recall the tune and I sort of you know uh, find that hey oh my god this is amazing I remember the tune so there's something in it and then I move forward from there oh man Priyanka Lawani I've so enjoyed learning about you and your 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 new film the which you've composed the the entire score for which is of course the strange guest there is going to be a link in our show notes and on mgopod.com but um, Priyanka, how else can we find out more about you? What what uh, websites, what what links should we also add in there with the link to the Strange Guest music? Wonderful. So uh, thank you so much for having me, Alex. Listeners, uh, your listeners can find me on my website, PriyankaLalwaniMusic.com. You can also, you know, search my music on Alexa or on Spotify or on any of your other social media channels by just putting uh, the keyword the strange guest and find it there you can also find it with my name Priyanka Lalwani music on social media channels and follow me there yes I'm, I'm hoping to forward to DM with some of your listeners and with you and with yeah just get to know uh, what's going on yeah well Priyanka you've been far from a strange guest you've been a delightful guest and oh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I might have been a strange host I hope I was but I I've so enjoyed it thank you so much everybody check mgopod.com or your show notes and you'll find all these wonderful links and again uh, Priyanka Lawani thank you so much for joining us here on Mysterious Goings On thank you Alex thank you so much for having me here and you are really amazing really Thanks for joining us on Mysterious Goings On. Be sure to follow Mysterious Goings On wherever you get your podcast and never miss an episode. Don't forget, you can get the links to books and other things mentioned on the show at mgopod.com. Until next time, keep reading. Keep reading.